Mandel will hold it. Now they've officially made it 57 yards. Emory blocked kick to go the other way, too. He's got to be careful and get it up. On the way. No, returned by Chris Davis. Davis goes left. Davis gets a block. Davis has another block. Chris Davis. No flags. Touchdown. Auburn. An answered prayer. College Game J. All right, and we're back. College Game J. SEC edition. We're going down south to the south, I guess. And we're going to talk about <laughs> a conference that's been known to produce a winner or two in its day. Jay, how are we doing tonight? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I'm excited to talk SEC football. It's a conference that is always right in the mix of the college football playoff conversation. And, um, you know, usually you've got two or three big dogs that are talked about all year. So this is uh, when, you know, it gets no better than SEC football, at least in the trenches for me. Yeah, I always, I always had a little chuckle last year when, you know, the big to-do about who was going to make the who was going to make the college football playoff. And a lot of people said, well, Bama shouldn't be in, Bama shouldn't be in. And, and then Bama gets in and opens as the clear favorite, according to the mm. betting odds. And like, well, you know, you can say whatever you want about all that subjective stuff. The market thinks you're the best team, and that's kind of what I want to go with. So, yeah, if you want to just – should we just start there? What's uh, what's the look for Bama to repeat? Maybe not what they did last year, but what they did at the end of last year. Well, uh, yeah, we can start there. I think, uh, you know, Alabama kind of has – Two of the bigger Heisman favorites um, that, you know, if you're looking at the Heisman betting market, um, you know, they've got Damian Harris and uh, well, actually, technically, I, I think because of the quarter, you know, the not necessarily quarterback controversy Tua, um, I can't even pronounce his last name. I'm not even going to attempt, but uh, <laughs> <Tua is good laughs> enough. yeah, um, you know, Tua, I think is plus 750 to win the Heisman. Um, he's kind of dabbled around that number, 10 to 1, 5 to 1. I think he's kind of been around. He's right behind guys like Bryce Love and uh, um, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. So, um, you know, it, you, you, I think rightfully so. The quarterback of one of the best teams in D1 football should, um, you know, be up there in the Heisman conversation. It's sort of a betting strategy that I like looking for college football playoff quarterbacks. Um, you know, I preferably have one that's maybe more of a pocket passer. And I think Tua kind of changed the dynamic, right? When you're, um, you know, switching quarterbacks from Jalen Hurts to Tua. Um, so, um, you know, I, I like obviously, um, what they've got in, in place. I mean, Alabama is one of those teams that every year they, they, uh, they just keep reloading, right? They're just constantly reloading. The transfers keep coming in, um, you know, and every year they, they lose, you know, six, seven guys to the NFL draft. And um, I think this last season they lost, um, I think five guys got drafted, maybe six um, from their defense alone, which is just kind of ridiculous, right? Um, so, but, you know, they come in, it, technically, if you look at them on paper, they only have three returning defensive starters, but um, it's littered with, you know, positional rated player number one, positional number one, positional number seven, positional number 13. And, 
um, you know, they just continue year in and year out to have the best recruiting classes and um, they can kind of reload like the Kentuckys of college basketball and the Dukes of college basketball. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, when I'm looking at Alabama um, from a betting perspective and trying to find a way that, you know, we're going to get an advantage, um, I look at their schedule. Uh, and in particular this year, they have a super soft uh, non-schedule. They do have Arkansas State in there. Um which is probably, you know, I guess not a bottom-feeding team that they're just going to run on, but they do have Louisiana. Um, you know, they have Louisville playing them in a neutral site. So, But they don't have Georgia and Florida uh, on their schedule from the other division, which for all intents and purposes from a betting world, those are the, those are the top two favorites um, in that division. So uh, they sort of dodged some bullets in that aspect. Um, and then they host the Iron Bowl at home this year. It's looking like right now they've opened that line at um, Alabama minus nine to beat Auburn uh, at the end of the year. Um, I, you know, obviously crazy in my opinion to bet something, you know, 16 weeks before the game's played because you never know what's going to happen. But, um, but you know, they're going to be 26 point favorite against Louisville in a neutral site to start the year. So, um, you know, I think, you know, it, it, it's tough to bet Alabama on occasion because their numbers are so inflated, but, uh, what did their regular season win total open up at? Was it ten and a half or eleven? Yeah, it's been bet up like it is every year. Um, ten and a half, which I grabbed some ten and a half early, early on. Ten and a half is still there, but at minus two forty to the over. Essentially, you got to bet them at eleven at minus one fifteen. They play twelve games, so you're you're saying either they drop one and I push, or I need them to go undefeated to win this bet. So minus one fifteen on eleven. Um, I love I love that you talk about the non-conference. People give them shit about this every year, but when you have to play SEC football all year round, it's it's tough enough. They did schedule Louisville, which you know they lose Lamar Jackson. That's tough, but it's still a good team. Uh, they always have their late season cupcake. They they shift their non-conference around a little, so they play Citadel. But I'm very jacked for that Auburn game. I'm. I'm actually cheering for Auburn all year just so that'll be like a de facto semifinal conference game because that should be mm. awesome down at Tuscaloosa. I think 10.5 gets there pretty easy. Will they go undefeated? They could always have their slip up. That's tough. But, uh, yeah, I like what you said with uh, as far as the uh, – what am I looking at there? So just some of the some of the non-conference games like – those are wins. I don't see them losing. Arkansas State is a good Sun Belt team, but they're just not in the class. Like those are four easy wins. LSU might be a, a messy team later in the season. They don't have Georgia. They don't play Florida, and they get Auburn at home. This is a really, really good team with one of their better schedules in the past few years. Like this is an eleven-win team, if not twelve. I think. I don't know if you disagree. No, I, I totally agree. You know, it's it, typically that, that iron bowl with Auburn at the end of the year, pretty much decides, I think, um, you know, six straight years, the winner of that game has won their division and represented um, in the SEC championship. So, um, you know, and right now, like I said, that spreads nine, it's something they're almost a double digit favorite um, outside of maybe at LSU. Um, you know, I, they're probably going to be double digit favorites in almost every game this year. So, uh, it, it, it's tough from a you know, perspective of trying to pinpoint the win. I, I think 
I think Alabama, you know, it's getting juice to the over, but if you did bet the over, you have one free loss to get your money back. You know, that's pretty much what you're betting on is you're betting on that 12 and 0 season. It's a little tough to make that bet. And I, you know, I think that's uh, not one that I'll probably be lined up to do. Their offensive line should be really good. They actually have a pretty good amount of starts coming back, and it's an offense that scored 37.1 points a game. Um, and like I said, they, they they lost a lot on defense to the NFL. But you know, there's no there's nothing pointing to me that says it's going to be a very big regression on defense. You know, they might give up 14 points a game instead of 12, but. Um, you know, they're going to be pretty much loaded. I think their schedule breaks down well for them to definitely get to 11 wins. Um, and, you know, if Auburn has any step in the wrong direction, I think they just run away with this division early. Yeah. And I mean, we'll get to that, but Auburn has a definite shot at having a pretty early slip up. They, they have scheduled tough immediately. I think as far as futures with Alabama go, it's like I said, I bet 10.5 when I could immediately. If you want to bet on Alabama, you got to bet them early. It's just how it works. They're always going to catch public money. In fact, you know, the – what are they? They're minus 185 to win the West. I think uh, I'm looking for it. Plus 108 to win the SEC. So there's not a ton of value unless you think it's just free money that they're going to win the conference anyway. They didn't. They didn't last year. I mean, they won the title, but they didn't win the division nor the conference. So stranger things can happen, especially in a tough SEC conference, all you know, or a tough SEC schedule. But I think this schedule bodes well for them. Uh, it's an eleven and one team. The only way they don't make the title, I think, is if that eleven and one happens at the end of the year, and Auburn has a perfect conference record going in to that game. So. Oh, where does that lead us down to? Who is the second best team, according to everybody? I think it's going to should be Georgia. Yeah, it's going to be Georgia. They're three to one to win the conference. Um, if that's something you like, they are. You know, on the other side of the conference, they're in the other division. So, if you think they can just win the, they're minus one ninety five to win the East Division. So maybe maybe you could find some value at plus three hundred five if you think something wacky could happen in the final or you could find a hedging or a live hedging possibility their season win total is at a similar number 10 and a half minus 120 how do you have their schedule breaking down jay so I, i'm probably going to be a little chalky when it comes to the sec um you know sorry for the for for being a little chalky here obviously i'm pretty high on alabama uh, in the Western Division, uh, but I'm super high on Georgia, and I think you know there's every reason to be high on a team like Georgia, right? Their, their regular season win total, I think, is around ten and a half. It's juiced to the over minus 120. But um, for me, when you look at their schedule, they have an extremely soft um, non-conference, with the exception of maybe the Georgia Tech game, which you know obviously they they put that rivalry in there, but they're hosting that game at the end of the year at home. And, you know, it shouldn't really affect any SEC futures, right? So, um, you know, I think they, they, they do well out of conference. They don't play Alabama in the regular season. That's a bummer. Um, they also don't play Mississippi State, and they don't play A&M. So the only team that they have to pull uh, from the Western, Western Division that I think will really be a team that could give them a challenge is Auburn. And they play that game at home. 
So, uh, you know, that right now that, that looks like they're going to open up that line at around five. So they're favored, you know, to win just shy of a touchdown in that game. Um, so I, Georgia should be favored to win all their games as well uh, because they don't have to play Alabama. So kind of a bummer, you know, from like the football fan side. But uh, if you're looking for a window of opportunity on the betting side, um, you know, Georgia, you know, not you know, basically kind of getting a little bit of a cupcake schedule and playing some of the toughest teams that they'll have to face at home or on a neutral site because they play Florida and Jacksonville. Um, it looks good. Everything about Georgia's schedule to me looks juicy. You know, Jake Fromm's coming back um, for a sophomore season. He, you know, had an, a phenomenal year last year, 2,600 yards, 24 to 7 touchdown to pick ratio. Um, lost both the um, the starting running backs with uh, with uh, Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle, they they ran for almost 2,600 yards together. Um, but DeAndre Swift comes in um, to basically take off where they left off. I mean, I um, I think with Elijah Holyfield kind of in that backfield, um, and they've got a lot of top prospects that they've kind of got over the last two seasons in the running back realm, and they just kind of continue that Georgia running back dominance, right? I mean, just Georgia running back after Georgia running back. They have a heritage of it that goes all the way back into the 90s. So, um, you know, or even beyond. So, I mean, really, they've been ex- they've had extremely in the last like 20 years. Every year, it seems like every two or three years, you're getting just this amazing running back out of Georgia. Um, you got Kirby Smart, um, you know, coming coming in to his third year. Um, there is something I think to be said about. Head coaches in their third year, you know, they, they're able to kind of get in recruits and get the majority of their players were their recruits, and they're able to sort of establish the schemes that they wanted and the recruits that they recruited to play that scheme. So, um, you know, I think he, you know, sort of gets this defense, um, which was, you know, one of the best defenses in the SEC last year, and he continues to kind of, um, you know, kind of strike gold on that. He's got – um, you know, five starters um, who are like sort of like p- positional top 10 recruits that are backfilling um, and their secondary should be pretty special again with J.R. Reed and DeAndre Baker. So, um, you know, like I said, I think they're going to be favored to, to win every game they play this year. And, um, you know, DeAndre Swift, he's been um, I think he's probably like around 25, 25th or 26 on the favorite list for Heisman. Um, and that's because. I think everyone's expecting to see Georgia play Alabama in the SEC SC title game at the end of the season. Yeah, there's a lot of talk. You know, when you talk great coaches, you talk SEC, there's a lot of talk about Saban. You know, there's been t- other coaches. But I don't know if he gets his due as a recruiter. They had the second-ranked class last year, and I believe it's the first-ranked recruiting class for this season. They got like six or seven five-star guys. I mean, he's doing the work on the recruiting trail. They're going to be – they're building something. You could be if, – if, you know, Saban sticks around and Bama does what they do, what they do, you could be seeing a lot of Bama-Georgia title games, not only in the SEC, but possibly, you know, we could have another one of those in the, in the college football playoff again because Georgia – Georgia isn't going anywhere right now. They are definitely on the uptick, and by uptick, there's there's not a lot of room left to grow. So I could definitely see them catching a, a title here in the next few years. They're going to be tough. I think you're right about uh, the schedule. I definitely lean on the over, even though it's it's whatever you want to call it, chalky. It's public. It is what it is. But they are. I'm I'm 
I'm struggling to find a loss, much less two. So I think over 10.5 at minus 120 isn't a bad bet. Uh, 3-1 to one to win the conference wouldn't be a terrible bet. I like this team a lot, even though they did lose two uh, two of the best running backs in the all of college football last year. They, I mean, they went to, what, they go 7-1 seven and seven and one in conference last year. I definitely think they can build on that, possibly go 8-0 and, oh and not having to play not having to play Saban. So where does that take us down to? Who's uh, who's the also fans? Those are my those are my two squads. We talked about this before, like in the Pac-12. There's like these lines of demarcation you have, and Ooh. it isn't so hard here. But it's Bama and Georgia, and then there's a little bit of a drop off when you get to Auburn. They're seven to one to win the conference. They're uh, they scheduled themselves tougher. Their season win total is only nine minus one fifteen to the over. I mean, what do you think happens right away? Did they, you know, you can you can catch a lot of shit for not scheduling tough teams, but did they overdo it here? I mean, are they are they going to be in trouble right off the bat? What do you think there, Jay? Well, I, you know, I, this is obviously the marquee matchup of week one, I think, with Auburn, Washington, especially from a sports betting perspective. Um, you know, I, it's definitely one um, that I will have the DVR set for, and, um, you know, I'll set the DVR and I'll end up watching the game anyways because it'll be the most intriguing matchup. But especially when you look around the SEC and you sort of see like these 46, 48, 44 and a half point spread week one. And then you've got this um, gem, basically. So, you know, I covered the Pac-12. I am pretty high on Washington this year. Um, but, you know, I think this is a tough matchup for them, especially having to travel all the way to Atlanta. Um, you know, right now I've seen this line kind of dance around a little. I think it opened right around three. Auburn is the favorite, and it's been to three and a half. I think I saw it at two and a half yesterday. So um, they sort of have it dabbling around three. You know, I think that line's fair, um, given you know that Washington's probably going to have a little bit of a tough sell to uh, to you know win the uh, ticket battle in that game, <laughs> being in Atlanta. You know, and Auburn only having to come a little ways. Um, out about Alabama. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards Auburn right now, but, you know, if you're looking at from the SEC perspective, you know, that game probably won't really matter in that aspect, but it will definitely matter for college football playoffs because if Auburn comes in and they shit the bed in that game, then you're going to pretty much see like a team that, you know, knows, Hey, not only do we need to win out our regular season schedule, uh, which includes a game of going and playing at Tuscaloosa at the end of the year. But then we got to probably beat Georgia, um, you know, a second time after already playing at Georgia. So uh, just looking at those potential four games, I don't really, I'm not really buying into taking Auburn um, for any sort of college football playoff future whatsoever. Um, I, I just, I, I think, you know, if they beat Washington, maybe somehow they get it done against Alabama, but they have at Mississippi State and at Georgia on their schedule. So, you know, worst-case scenario, they go into the Alabama game with one loss, and then that game is essentially – but if it's not, like I said, I think Alabama could run away with it early. Um, I'm definitely a little bit lower um, on Auburn, just looking at it from a perspective. I know there's a lot of buzz around Garrett Stidham. He's got all five of his top receivers coming back, but I have a a couple of concerns with their secondary. I think – their secondary, you know, could could have some problems. They've got six true freshmen sort of vying for 
different positions, um, you know, within their entire secondary between their safeties and their corners. And um, I'm just not so sure that they instantly continue to have the success they've had with what they lost in their secondary. They lost um, Cam Petaway, Carrion Johnson, running back. So they're replacing a running back who, you know, it sounds like Cam Martin um, is going to be, you know, ex- extremely viable. He's, you know, top 18 positional recruit. So, you know, I, but I'm just not really, I, I'm wondering if Gus Malzahn has what it takes to be able to assemble with this schedule, get to where they need to get to. Their schedule is tougher than really either of the first two teams we talked about. So um, I just have some concerns about Auburn. And I think, you know, it shows with all of a sudden you have a drop to nine wins on their regular season win total. But um, to be honest with you, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily leaning under, but I think nine's fair. I think there's a very likely chance, you know, that they win nine games this year. Yeah, I get down with that. Uh, I really have gone back and forth on that Washington game. Like, part of me, I just, I kind of want Auburn to win just to put some of the Washington people down a little because I feel like if Washington wins, they'll be in the college football playoff, and I don't think they're that good. I think they're a great team. I just don't think they're that great of a team. I think it'll be a case where if they can get that win against Auburn, they'll probably run their their conference schedule, get in there, and just get obliterated by like a Georgia or Ohio State. I, I'm not excited about seeing the Pac-12 in the college football playoff this year, so I'm kind of hoping Auburn just takes care of business down in Georgia there. Um, I totally agree. We, we talked about Mississippi State a little in the – you touched real lightly on that in the Pac-12 uh, conference uh, preview there. I can't remember who they were playing, but you you kind of hinted that you were you were high on them. This is another big jump. You go all the way down to about 15 to 1 to win the conference. Their season win total, I think, is 8.5. With a little bit of juice on the under, you can get a plus 110 at over 8.5 right now. It's one of those teams, like you're right, they're they're a good team. But the, 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 the three teams ahead of them are really, really tough. Like it just it's not uh it's not a any sort of clear path for them to get anything done as far as they play Auburn, they've gotta play Alabama, they gotta play Florida, they play at LSU. Like they they don't have the easiest schedule and they just there's not really a way, you know, like you said, going real ugly chalk here. There's not really a long shot in the SEC that has a great shot at, you know, making any sort of noise like that. Especially yeah, you know, miss- they're in they're in, they're in Alabama's division. Like they got Auburn and Alabama in the same division. That's just that's a recipe for disaster as far as trying to get to the title game. Yeah, you know, the only thing when I look at Mississippi State schedule, their uh, their non conference is is pretty weak. With uh, they've got Stephen F. Austin, uh, Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. You know, they. They didn't really give themselves a murderer's row. They do luckily avoid Georgia um, from the other division. But, um, you know, I, I'm just not, you know, I like Mississippi State. I think that, you know, they have a lot of good things going for them where they have 92.5% of their yards coming back from last year. They're going to have 12 senior starters on both offense and defense, which is 
Um, probably more than what you're going to see. Uh, you know, that's maybe you'll get lucky and get 13 or 14 senior starters on a team. Um, but I don't think you've got that in the SEC. I think they've got the most. They're getting 77% of their tackles back, nine guys on offense, eight guys on defense. But Nick Fitzgerald, you know, everyone is real high on him. Um, but, you know, I just didn't see the efficiency from a Nick Fitzgerald last year that I sort of expected to see with all the hype that he's had over the last two seasons in particular. And, you know, he I think he threw 11 interceptions to 15 touchdowns last year. You know, to me, to be successful in the SEC, to make a college football playoff, um, you got to play better than that. And, um, you know, I know they're in a tough division. Their schedule is always a murderer's row. And maybe this year they've set themselves up um, – you know, to be in a good position uh, with this eight and a half regular season win totals. But, you know, it is Joe Moorhead's first season there. Um, I do think it's a pretty good hire. I like Joe Moorhead. I think he's a pretty solid coach. But, um, you know, I I think it's going to be a tall order. Um, you know, you pretty much nailed it on the head. What they've got Auburn at home and they play at Alabama. You also are going to have some tough games. They've got to go to Baton Rouge to play LSU. Um, they host Florida at home probably be a small favorite in that game, but they'll probably be a dog to Auburn at home. Um, and obviously I think they'll end up being a dog to Alabama. So, you know, if they, if they lose three games in conference, then you're, you're in a real bad spot where, you know, um, at the end of the year, maybe that Mississippi game um, where they seem to always kind of have a letdown like they did last year at home, you know, maybe that's a game that you're like sweating it out. Like, Oh my God, I have to have this win to catch this future. So um, I don't know. I, I sort of have mixed reviews on them. I guess I'm sort of stagnant on Mississippi State. I think they're going to be um, a really good SEC football team, but I just don't think they're going to quite be able to to turn the corner and compete with an Alabama this year. Yeah, sitting behind Alabama and Auburn, that's just that's a tough spot to be in. And we're going to, as we go through the rest of the SEC, that's going to be kind of a theme. Like the, mm-hmm. there might be some, there might be some bright spots and some silver linings, but. You know, maybe, maybe Florida, Florida to get into the conference championship has some, has some legs. But outside of that, it's it's feeling like Georgia versus Bama or Auburn in the conference championship right now. So, no, oh, that's our next team, Florida, twenty-two to one to win the conference. Like I said, plus four eighty-five because they don't have as many roadblocks in front of them. In the Eastern Division, they are only sitting behind Georgia. And their season win total is probably going to be somewhere similar, maybe just a titch lower. Looks like it's eight flats with a minus 130 on the over. I mean, how is uh, how are we feeling about uh, the coach there? Well, I you know, I... You know, I sort of have a personal opinion um, of Coach McElwain just because of my affiliation to the Colorado State. But, um, you know, I, to me, um, getting rid of him, bringing in a guy like Dan Mullen, I think it's an upgrade. Um, I just think even though he may have had – McElwain may have had like a little bit of a pedigree of being a winning coach, um, I, don't, I don't know if all of that is really him. And from what I know about the guy, he's actually a huge asshole. So um, t- take, it, take it for what it's worth. Um, you know, Colorado State does get to play them this year because they got paid, I think, one or two million dollars. Um, you know, via the uh, pretty much essentially what ended up being kind of a trade um, for McElwain. So um, they they get to go out and get slaughtered at the swamp this year. <laughs> um, 
as our as our token. But obviously, good for the university to bring in some money when they can. Um, but you know, I think it's an upgrade at coach. Um, I think it's a pretty good hire. You know, uh, Florida is a team that really over the last couple of years hasn't really had much stability. You know, at uh, quarterback. So they, um, you know, Felipe Franks comes back and hopefully he can come in. We won't have a huge quarterback controversy um, in Florida this year. And, you know, with the pieces that are sort of around him, you know, I know they only, they only average like 22.1 points per game, but um, they have all five returning offensive linemen coming back for the most starts in the SEC with 112 career starts. Um, They have sort of a, a soft non-conference schedule at the beginning of the year with Charleston Southern, Colorado State. Um, and then at the end, they have Idaho and Florida State. Um, that Florida State one, obviously, not real easy, but, you know, kind of their three gimme games, I think they've done a pretty good job of lining themselves up to get some wins. Um, and then uh, they don't have to play Alabama either. So, you know, just like Georgia didn't have to play them, uh, you know, Alabama really kind of got – a gem of a schedule. They missed both these top two teams over here uh, in this division. And, um, you know, I, I think that Florida, you know, given the scandal that they had last year, you know, I was, I can speak as someone who had future bets on the Florida Gators last year. And then all these kids get suspended in August and, um, you know, pretty much was pissing in the wind the rest of the year because I knew there's no chance I was going to get the bets that I was on, but I kind of like what you mentioned there, with, um, you know, Florida is like plus 550 to win the East, right? Um, they play a neutral site game against Georgia. Um, I don't know if you're going to get plus 550 in that game, to be honest, especially, um, you know, if Florida you starts. neutral like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially if Florida can start 4-0, you know, maybe they, you know, I know they'll beat Vanderbilt. They have an off-week bye before they play Georgia. Both schools do. You know, I, I see scenarios where the Florida Gators are, you know, maybe six and one, best case scenario probably, um, and then you know, or six and two. I, I you know, I think they're going to be right in that area. They're going to be in the conversation, and that game is going to be huge. You know, they've got Van, at Vanderbilt, at Tennessee, Kentucky at home, a team that basically can't beat them. So. I, I mean, there's a good chance their SEC record is going to be pretty good going into that game, and I don't think you'll get plus 550 on that game as a money line dog. Yeah, definitely they need to. That's not what they're. They I think they were four and seven last year. Not what they're accustomed to down there. It's still a tough place to play when you have to go down to the down to Gainesville. Hopefully, like, I'm not, like, a Florida Gators fan, but I hate to see a, a good program fall on hard times like this. Hopefully the coach change. And, boy, we, we touched on that lightly on the Big 12 one because it didn't happen. No coaching changes in the Big 12. Plenty of that in the SEC. In fact, I think five or six. We'll have to get to them all. But uh, Dan Mullen, Greg, Jim McElwain, I don't know if it's a huge upgrade, but sometimes you just have to – Sometimes you have to make a change, and we'll we'll see. I think you hit a good point as far as maybe hitting that big number to win the to win the division. Because if they can't take care of Georgia, and like you said, neutral site, that's possibly opens the path for them to get in there and go to the SEC conference championship game and be like a twenty six and a half point dog to Bama. 
Yeah, you know, I, I didn't have this written down in front of me, but um, they also don't have Auburn on their schedule. They're, they're shy Alabama and Auburn on their SEC schedule. So, um, you know, that's, that's really nice. Um, Georgia in a neutral site, South Carolina at home, LSU at home. Um, at Mississippi State is probably the most daunting SEC road game that they have. I mean, they've got Vanderbilt and Tennessee. They really only have three road games in the SEC, and then they finish up at Florida State at the end of the year um, in the in-state rivalry. So, you know, I, you, yeah, I you think might have talked me into this over eight. Yeah, I, I feel like they're yeah, an eight-win team right there. Yeah, you know, I think Mississippi State will be a definite challenge. Um, you know, LSU, Florida, that's always a good game, even regardless of what the state of, you know, Ed Orgeron and the, and the Bayou Bengals are, but, um, you know, Vanderbilt for all intents and purposes, I'm not going to touch much on them tonight. Uh, that's not a daunting road game. I think they can go in and get wins against Tennessee and, uh, and Vanderbilt pretty easily. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think basically you're, you're putting in that Florida SEC East game, knowing that that Georgia game is probably going to be the game to decide it. Um, South Carolina at home might be their other tough game. Cause I, I think South Carolina actually has some pieces where they can compete, but, um, yeah, I kind of like that future. The only issue I have is obviously I got burned last year with some Florida futures and I might just wait a little bit longer and see what happens to make sure that all the players are actually going to play this year. You touched on the Ed Orgeron, who apparently, if you hear anybody else talk about LSU or the SEC, already on the hot seat apparently. But uh, moving down to LSU, they have the same, they have the same number to win the SEC at twenty-two to one. They finished with a better record. They were nine and four last year. I don't know. Do you think their schedule is markedly more difficult this year? Um, you know, so looking at LSU, um, they're, they're actually coming back in as the least experienced team, um, but they have had really good recruiting and, you know, obviously I don't think they've had recruiting to the likes of Georgia or Alabama over the last couple of years. But, um, you know, I, when I look at LSU, uh, you know, their, their win regular season win totals at seven. So that's a head scratcher to me. You know, why? Why are we getting, um, you know, LSU plus 2,200? Is that just, um, you know, an LSU bias over the years that we've had? I, you know, it, when you're looking at Florida and LSU on their win totals, you know, you're, you're talking a good solid game. They're Same a full juice. game lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it doesn't make sense to me. It makes me like Florida plus 2,200 a little bit more, but, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm not as high on LSU. I think their schedule is pretty brutal. So um, let's go through this thing real quick. Uh, if you look at their non-conference schedules, start the year, week one, uh, Miami and Arlington. So um, that line, I, I believe, is three right now. Miami's favored to win that game. So that's probably uh, maybe the reason why you're seeing that game in comparison to schedule-wise. But, you know, uh, Florida has Florida State, too. So, um, you know, they, they both kind of pull a rival. Um, but, you know, looking down, they have at Texas A&M, at Arkansas, I can give them that one, um, at Florida and at Auburn. So the road schedule is pretty tough. They also have to host Mississippi State, Georgia, Alabama. Um, they have a couple of gimmies with uh, Louisiana Tech, Rice, and Southeast Louisiana. But, um, man, I, I don't know. To me, um, it's it's tough for me to really get on board with LSU 
um, you know, winning eight or nine games because I, I can easily see about four losses on their schedule and can make a lot of cases for five and six. So, Yeah, they feel like a six or seven win team. We'll see if Orgeron lives through that. Like you said, I mean, just it's real apparent. It's a very tough schedule going to, you know, right away. Miami, like you said, add Auburn, add Florida. You don't get to avoid Georgia, Bama, or Auburn. You got all three top teams on your schedule. You got you got to go to A and M, and yeah, basically, there's not a ton of coin flip games. It's either a gimme or a rock hard. You know, like you're you're gonna get messed up. It doesn't matter if you're at home. Bama's coming down there and it's gonna probably give it to you. So, like, Southeast Louisiana Tech and uh, possibly Arkansas even on the road. Like, those are four four games they should should win. But the rest of them, there's just not a a game where you can definitely, like, that's a win for them. Yeah, you know, they got a couple grad transfers. um, But really, I think only one that's potentially going to start for this team on defense. So, um, I I just think everyone's real high on Joe Burrow coming in and – you know, that's sort of, um, you know, I think everyone thinks all of a sudden, like, hey, we have no quarterback issues. Um, you know, Joe Burrow's the guy, grad transfer from Ohio State. Um, but I don't know. Um, it, it's tough for me. Obviously, they'll have a good defense. They'll have a good SEC defense, even with five um, experienced guys coming back. But, yeah, I, I'm not a believer in Ed Orgeron. I think I think maybe me leaning under is more to do with him than it does the actual talent on the field because I just don't think he's a very good coach. But, um, but yeah, you know, until Joe Burrow shows me he can do it with that schedule they've got and he's got week one right away against Miami, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm buying into LSU. Yeah, I'm with you there too. Just that's a brutal schedule. It's never fun coaching for your job. Like there's going to be just so much pressure. There's always pressure in a program that's had a lot of success like that. It could be a rough season, and it could be a start over for them. I I don't know if I like it enough where I'd play any juice, but you can get under 7 at minus 105. I don't know how much I love that. I think it's kind of a stay-away game for me, or stay-away game, stay-away team for me, uh, which leads me up to Missouri. South Carolina. Let's Missouri. do South Carolina. Oh, let's do South Carolina. Yeah, I'm looking at Missouri and A&M have shorter odds than South Carolina. And South Carolina is to the SEC as West Virginia is to the Big 12. They're kind of the steam team. They're catching a lot of love right now. They're sitting at over 7.5. And, and, I mean, a lot of people are already talking about betting them against Georgia. Yeah, um, you know, I think – I think really when you look at South Carolina, it's just sort of the offensive side of things. They have not exactly been a dominant team. You know, they've had, um, you know, they've shown flashes of pretty good defense, you know, obviously um, have had some great players come up through there, but offensively they just struggled. They haven't been able, um, you know, to really get it done um, in the SEC on a consistent basis, but this year they're bringing back tons of experience. So, um, they, you know, they're bringing back the majority of their yardage from the previous year. Um, their starting quarterback, Jake Bentley, their entire running back committee, um, you know, they're bringing back everybody. So they lost Hayden Hurst at tight end um, to the NFL. But, you know, I, I kind of like 
really what you know their roster sort of shapes up to be it's very experienced team um you know they they had success last year they went nine and four won five games in conference and um you know still had sort of like that brutal tennessee game where they only scored nine points on the road at tennessee and you know sort of gave away a game they probably should have had in my opinion but um you know south carolina you know their schedule is not exactly easy but um you know they they don't have to play Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, and LSU from the other division. So those are the four teams they avoid. Um, it's pretty much, you know, depending on what, what, you know, whatever rankings you're looking at, that's probably four of the top five, maybe four of the top six teams. Um, so, you know, they get a throw. Um, you know, the they have at Kentucky. They host Missouri at or host Tennessee at home. Um, at Mississippi. So, you know, really when I look at their schedule, they, they play at Florida um, and then home against Georgia week two, September 8th. They're going to be an 11 point dog in that game. But those are really kind of the only two games that I'm like, wow, that's definitely leaning towards losses as far as SEC games. Now they do play at Clemson at the oh, end yeah. of the year. I, I so, bought that one. That's, yeah. that's a for sure loss. So, yeah, so I mean, they kind of got. If you're looking at a regular season win total, just throw that in the back of your mind all year. You got Clemson at the end. In fact, they have Chattanooga before then in between, but they have at Florida there at the end too. So two of their games, they have Georgia at the beginning of the year, and then they've got their two toughest games at the end of the year. You know, obviously they'll play the likes of A and M. They'll play the likes of uh, you know Tennessee, and you know they'll have some tough games, but. I think there's definitely a path when I'm looking at South Carolina where, you know, the over seven and a half looks pretty good to me. I really kind of am leaning towards the over. I think they find a way to get to eight wins um, with this schedule. Yeah. Like you just said, you kind of got those first 11 games to get eight wins. That's just how it works. And Georgia, Georgia's going to be a tough build. So basically you gotta, you gotta make it eight out of the other 10 games and, I think you make a good point. At Florida's tough, but boy, the other non-conference stuff is definitely doable. Marshall at Kentucky, Tennessee at home; those those seem like wins to me. I could get on board with that. Um, just uh, no love for no love for the A and M's and Missouri's of the world. Um, yeah, let's let's get in. Um, which one do you want to do next? Missouri, you said. Yeah, I got Missouri. Missouri is actually above of South Carolina as far as to win the East Division, to win the conference. Um, I don't know about the win total. We'll have to look at that. They'll be in the M's. They are over seven juice to minus one twenty-five. Yeah, um, I, uh, I, you know, I think there, there's a, a little bit to like about Missouri. They have Drew Locke, who, you know, he's being kind of thrown around as, you know, potential first, second round pick in the NFL draft next year. So, you know, he threw for four, uh, 44 touchdowns and almost 4,000 yards. So when you do that, that sort of thing uh, will come with it. Um, but, you know, they lost a couple of running backs. I think they lost their top two guys in Jamon Moore and Ish Witter. But, um, you know, basically – um, they, yeah, everyone else comes back on defense, you know, and our own offense. I mean, and, and this is an offense that averaged over 500 yards for the second consecutive year. So, you know, the, the way that, the way that Missouri's offense is sort of built, um, you know, they're, they're, they're looking good to score a lot of points this year. 
I don't know if you remember last year, week one, they played Missouri State. The final score was 72 to 43. So, you know, that was sort of Missouri football last year. It was a lot of offense, not a lot of defense. Um, but, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I'm a little concerned about um, their secondary uh, as well, you know, but they, um, you know, they, uh, they have, I think they're going to be better because they've got Jordan Elliott, de- uh, defensive tackle, transferring in from Texas. Khalil Oliver is a strong safety they got out of Oregon. So they got two grad transfers that look to come in and be starters immediately on a defense like they had last year. So, you know, I think, um, you know, the offense doesn't really miss a beat. It's going to be productive. I think if Drew Locke can stay healthy, there's a lot of reasons to think that, um, you know, he could throw 4,000 yards again. I, I don't think, um, you know, that was a one, one and done situation if he can just stay healthy. And then the defense really only has one direction to go. So, you know, they went seven and six last year. Your regular season win totals of seven. You know, by doing it that way, you know, I lean to the over on Missouri as well. Yeah, they have a tough schedule in spots too, but they don't need eight, nine wins. Or, you know, they don't need nine, ten wins. What, what did I just say they're at? Why did I lose my thoughts there? They're at seven. Seven, seven, seven to push, eight to win. You know, you're going to lose to Bama. You're going to lose to Georgia. That's just how life works. But they do have the, the cupcakes of the league all scheduled just because of, that's how it rolls out. You know, they're going to end up with uh, – playing Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee. Those are the dregs of the NEC, uh, the SEC. And you got, I mean, you have, you still have to win those games, but then Tennessee, Martin, Wyoming at Purdue. Isn't at the, Purdue. I don't know how I feel about that one, but I, you know, I just counted off six wins there. And if you can get it done at Memphis or whether you can get it done at Purdue, you can definitely get to seven and possibly eight wins. I, I can definitely see that. Yeah, the uh, the Missouri Memphis game um, should be interesting to say the least. Um, uh, you know, I think we'll see an offensive. Uh, you'll see one of those crazy totals probably in that game next year. It'll probably be like seventy eight or something. Um, but at Purdue, you know, that's sort of the game I think that you're betting on. Almost, you know, it probably ends up being a pick in that game or or near it. So um, you know that that's a that's a tough road game for them as a non conference game to go in and. And sort of knock them off. So I think you'll know right away because you know if if they're three and zero headed into the conference schedule, I think you can easily find a way that they've got four wins. They host uh, Memphis, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas after that. And you know from what I've got on my rankings, at least um, they'll they'll be favored to win all four of those games. So um, you know, and then maybe they they knock off you know Tennessee on the road and can get there, but not a huge lean. Definitely nothing I've played yet, but. Um, I think, you know, Drew Locke, if he can stay healthy, they're going to have all the wide receivers running for him again. There's no reason to believe that these guys are going to wake up and not be able to throw the ball effectively against, you know, everyone on their schedule. And, yeah, before we get to the said, like I was saying just a bit ago, the dregs of the league, there's one more team that's kind of sitting in that that seven-win range. It is A&M. They're actually – Heavily juiced on seven. You can get over seven and a half at plus 100 at five dimes right now. They were a team that 
went uh, they went seven and six. I'm not sure if that's counting a bowl game or not. It looks like they did go to a bowl game, but they lost to Wake Forest. Missouri lost. Actually, the SEC did not do terribly great in bowl games. If you take away the Georgia Bama wins, I think South Carolina and Mississippi State were the only bowl wins outside of the college football playoff. So, be going down in College Station. Well, you know, it's Jimbo Fisher coming in in yeah, replace of Kevin another, Sumlin. Another one of our new coach hires. Yeah, and um, you know, I I like it. I honestly, I you know, not a huge Jimbo Fisher fan um, in the past, but you know, I think Kevin Sumlin wasn't getting it done effectively. At least, I think you know to what the boosters were expecting, and sort of as a non-booster, you know, someone who sort of expected even as a non-AM fan, but. Um, you know, I, I think he wasn't getting it done. So I think Jimbo Fisher is a pretty good hire. Um, you know, they, they, uh, they're bringing back Nick Starkle, you know, he ended up, uh, essentially, you know, getting injured week one last year, but he, he's a pretty good, uh, pocket passer. He's going to be changing schemes. So I think, you know, he should be able to go under center, um, uh, for Jimbo and, um, you know, Jimbo sort of showed a little bit of a track record, um, in his past of kind of, you know, being able to find a guy, um, you know, maybe that wasn't fit for his, his team, but and able to make it work. But, um, you know, they, this, this is a team that is getting back a ton. Um, they've got eight offensive starters coming back, eight defensive starters coming back. Um, they're get, they did lose an all American and Armani Watts cornerback. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he got drafted, but I can't remember where he went. Um, I think it was late if you did, but um, they're getting 83 tackles, 83% of their tackles back, eight of their top nine guys getting tackles. So, you know, I like the experience um, and, I, and I like Jimbo Fisher, but, you know, when you look uh, at their schedule, that is sort of where uh, they didn't really do themselves. Or, you know, they didn't get any favors in the SEC. And then, you know, obviously putting Clemson on your schedule um, with an SEC schedule is just kind of a tough prospect. And, um, that's going to be a tough game. They do get to host that game. So um, obviously that's going to be an early season tilt where maybe Clemson trips up and um, could be the game, but it'd be, be pretty interesting beginning of Jimbo Fisher's career to come out and get a game like that. I'm excited to see that game. Yeah, when you've got Clemson, Alabama, and Auburn on your schedule, I mean, those are, they're all ranked in the top 10 preseason here. That's, it doesn't matter what the rest of the schedule looks like. You have a tough schedule. They got go yeah, to go to South Carolina. To, Both of them on the road. Both of them yeah, on the road, and Mississippi State on the road as well. On the road, and you know, you play Mississippi and LSU at home. You do get Kentucky, UAB, um, LA Monroe, Northwest. Is it Northwestern State? What are we looking at for an opener there? Northwestern State uh, Demons, yeah, an FCS team. Forty-four and a half. Yeah, that's not like we've we've talked about tough FCS teams. That is not one of them. You should get some easy. Yeah, you you go row and you go take care. You go one week from playing. You have Northwestern State minus forty four and a half, and then the next week you come home to play Clemson. You're a thirteen point dog in your own home. (laughs) Yeah, I I like them to possibly be on somewhat of the same level as last year, but I don't know if I could get behind backing. Backing them over seven and a half. It feels like a six or seven win season. You just you're not gonna beat one of those top three teams. And at Mississippi State, 
there's just too many tough spots. It feels like seven is kind of their ceiling, and I, I think it's a stay away team for me. Although no, hopefully, I, you know, hopefully uh, the, the new coach, you know, possibly helps you going into next season. I think a big name coach like that is definitely going to help when you get into recruiting for the next season. I think that's uh, kind of the basis of everything when you get into college ball. So, oh, what is that? What does that leave us with? That leaves us with the said, the bottom four. So they're, uh, I mean, what would you like to say about it? Do you have stuff to say about any of these teams right now? Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas, Vanderbilt. You tell me where you want to start with those. Let's do Tennessee and Kentucky because, um, so two kind of similar spot teams. Um, uh, Tennessee's at five and a half game regular season win total. Kentucky's five and a half game, both juiced to the over. Uh, Tennessee went two and ten against the spread last year, and Kentucky went four and nine. So, um, what was I, what was longer, I, the Tennessee's regular season or Tennessee's coach hunt? Yeah, that was such a <laughs> what a disaster. Such a saga. They finally did. That's another one that uh, they got their guy. Their ninth choice and Jeremy Pruitt. So we'll see how that goes, I guess. Yeah, I, you know, it's hard. I, so I look at I look at both these teams and I'm like, man, five and a half. So I feel like confident when I look at Tennessee and Kentucky, like one of those teams should be able to go bowling. I think, I think one of those teams gets to six games. The other one, you know, probably doesn't. Maybe they just miss a bowl game and go five and seven. So I was kind of torn between both these teams. I like a little bit about both of them. Obviously, Tennessee sort of had a little bit of an abortion season last year. Um, but, you know, Kentucky went 7-6. and six. They uh, they bring back Benny Snell, who, for, for what it's worth um, from my perspective, uh, Benny Snell's a pretty special player. I've been watching a lot of film on him. Um, you know, he had uh, – he had some really good games last year and then even competed at a really high level against some of the big boys. He had a good game against Georgia last year. Um, I think he's going to be a pretty special running back. It's sort of unfortunate that he, you know, didn't, you know, he plays in the SEC, but didn't really get on a big team. You know, he's playing with Kentucky, but um, you know, they, they sort of have some good things going for them. They're, uh, they're bringing in a, a Juco transfer, um, Terry Wilson, he played at Oregon, he redshirted at Oregon and then ended up playing at Juco last year. Um, he's going to come in and be their quarterback, but you know, they, they end up, uh, you know, with Benny Snell coming back, I think he, you know, could flirt with really high yardage totals, you know, 1600, 1700, 1800 yards. The offensive line is intact from the end of the season last year, but uh, I just think he almost single-handedly has the ability to win games for them. They don't play Alabama and Auburn, um, and they get a host Georgia and Mississippi State at home. So, um, you know, I, I like I, – I think the team that I sort of lean to was Kentucky. The only thing that I can say is that obviously the game between Kentucky and Tennessee is going to be really big, and that, that game is in Knoxville. So uh, that game worries me a little bit, pretty big rivalry between these two schools. Um, so it's tough for me to really go with the over, but I'm kind of leaning to the over with Kentucky – um, I think one of these two schools finds a way um, to make it happen. I think their non-conference is pretty soft with Middle Tennessee, um, Central Michigan, Murray State. They do have at Louisville at the end of the year um, for another rivalry game. But I think I think this team can find a way to get to six wins. I think it's possible with a running back like Benny Snow. I'm 
I'm going to trust you on that. I have not looked a lot. I'm going to be honest. I didn't look a lot into these shittier teams at the bottom. Uh, Tennessee's another team where that was always a, a big rivalry game with Florida, and they were always in a bigger bowl game, especially, I mean, back in the Peyton Manning, T. Martin era there. And it seems like there has been some years where everyone, oh, they're, they're back, they're going to be back, and it just it hasn't happened. Last year they were winless in conference. Wow, that jumps out at a guy. Four and eight. <laughs> so they, they won their non-conference games, and that was it. So I'm bold prediction from Andy. They will improve on their conference win this year. And, yeah, if they can get their non-conference taken care of, get two, three, four wins, definitely go bowling. Their season win yeah. total is only set at five and a half, minus 125 to the over. So if you are feeling like Jay's feeling, getting to six wins, that's all you need. Yeah, I you know, I like looking at a team that went two and ten against the spread last year. Um, you know, when you see numbers like that, you just know law of averages that has got to go the other direction. Um, so, you know, I always kind of look for teams like this, but the problem I have um, with Tennessee is just, um, you know, their schedule really doesn't break down well for them. They, they have West Virginia um, at a conference on a neutral site, and they've opened up as 10.5-point underdogs in that game. Um, they should win their other three non-conference games. Like you said, they've got some soft ones uh, mixed in there, but they have to play, in comparison to Kentucky, they have to play Alabama and Auburn both. So, I think it's a different five and a half for me than it is for Kentucky when you're looking at a regular season win total. Um, you know, they're they're also getting a grad transfer from Stanford who's potentially going to be the starting quarterback in Keller Christ. So, you know, if if Stanford recruiting was good and they've shown that they've been good over the years, um, this might have been one that got away from them that could be pretty special. And I think Tennessee needs to get a quarterback that can come in and kind of solidify the position a little bit. But that little schedule they have in the middle of the year where they play they play at home against Florida, at Georgia, they get a week off, then at Auburn, then home against Alabama, and then at South Carolina. Um, I think there's a good chance that they get some guys hurt in that, in that run right there. Um, <laughs> I was, that that's not what I was be, expecting you to say there. I like that. Yeah, that, I'm sorry. That's, you're bringing in a, a grad transfer quarterback. You're starting a new running back. Um, you know, only got six guys returning on offense on a team that didn't win a single SEC game last year. So, you know, I'm a little down just because that is a rough run right there uh, in the middle of their year. In fact, that might be the most brutal five-game stretch um, that any team has in college football this year is Tennessee right in the middle of their year. So they need that West Virginia game like air if you've got an over five-and-a-half ticket at the beginning of the year. <laughs> So you, you're, you're not expecting much from Vanderbilt, I take it? No. 500 to 1 to win the conference. What did I have on Vanderbilt? They were Vanderbilt, the, they don't have the worst schedule. They don't have the worst schedule in the world, but, um, you know, they gave up 31.3 points per game on D. They lost six starters, three of their top five tacklers. Um, I don't know. They To me... I don't think Kyle Shermer really has the stones to um, sort of carry, you know, an entire offense. I think he lost um, he lost the majority of his receiving yards. He's only bringing back two of his top six guys. So it's 
it's going to be it's going to be tough. You know, you just look through the schedule, and then they also have uh, at Notre Dame um, on their schedule. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think four and a half is pretty pretty solid. You know, yeah, I I I don't I don't definitely not going for the over, but I you know I don't think I'm going to have a play on the under either. Uh, you know, they went five and seven last year, and you know if they find a way to kind of get a one or two surprise SEC wins. Um, I just, you know, I could see it happening, but um, I not high on Vanderbilt. And then um, to conversely go to the other side, what, who do we have left? Arkansas and Ole Miss. Yeah. The Ole Miss, obviously banned from a bowl game this year. They have reduced scholarships. Um, they lost Jay Patterson to Michigan. Um yeah, I mean, they'll probably have a pretty decent offensive line, um, but their defense is probably going to be one of – it's going to be the worst in the SEC. They gave up 245 yards a game last year on the ground. Um, you can't do that in the SEC with running backs like Damian Harris and Benny Snell. Like, it's just – you're you're going to get run over. So, um, you know, and obviously you can't even see their odds to win anything because they're, they're banned from – from bowling and I think any postseason, so I don't think they can play in the SEC championship game if they somehow won this division, which they won't. Um, and then uh, Arkansas, new coach. I think um, I think their schedule actually. Chad Morris. It, I don't know. They they pull they pull Vanderbilt and Missouri from the SEC East on their schedule. They're bringing in Chad Morris. Um, they. They they have a pretty soft non conference schedule. They play at Colorado State, which you know, Homer alert. Um, you know, I'll be at that game. Um, not that we've like ever done well against the SEC, but you know, um, in some of our heyday years, we competed. I just don't think this is going to be one of those years for us. So um, they should be able to come in and take care of us. So you have like that small possibility that maybe. Um, you know, these guys end up with a pretty good schedule at the beginning of the year. And then, um, you know, they sort of fall apart once they hit the the nuts and bolts of their SEC schedule. And, um, you know, that's just sort of the life of Arkansas is probably going to be this year. Uh, I'm trying to see. They've got uh, North Texas, Eastern Illinois, uh, Tulsa, and at Colorado State. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you get four wins there. You're betting on whether or not they can get the six for the over for plus money, but it's pretty tough. Yeah, maybe at Missouri. Maybe. Count me out of that. <laughs> Count me out. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny too. Sometimes I forget Vanderbilt's in the SEC. Like actually, while we were talking about everyone else, I pulled them up because I'm like, weren't they good a little? I I, I kind of spaced out the James Franklin years. Like that was such a nice little bright spot for them. And just a sea of mm-hmm. shit. Like, I got their seasons pulled up. The best part is it says they've won 14 conference championships. But you got to scroll back to, like, 1906 to find it. Like, they won, the, <laughs> they won the SIAA in 1915. Like, that's not for real. But they did go to some bowl games for a stretch there. But, boy, yeah, it looks like some more lean years for, for the Vanderbilts of the world. Even when Cutler was there, they weren't that good. But uh, yeah, I, I digress. I I just I always forget about Vanderbilt sometimes, or when we do talk about the SEC, and I think uh, I think for good reason because they're definitely going to suck this year. I'm with you on Arkansas too. I think it's going to be tough sledding getting up there. Uh, some of these bottom teams are just 
And I guess it's five and a half, six. Old, did you um, did you look at any of the? I, I just I can't get I can't get on any of these teams, and I'm I'm so sketchy on betting unders. <laughs> did you did you see um, any? Have you looked at any of the uh, Heisman odds or invitation to the Heisman? Uh, SEC has a lot of candidates for that. Um, you know, obviously they've got Tua, uh, Jake Fromm, Jarrett Stidham. Um, there's a number of guys up there, but. You know, having gone through um, and watching a lot of SEC football just over the last week, um, you know, I, when I look at Jake Fromm's situation, kind of, I, I kind of like Jake Fromm to get an invitation um, to the uh, Heisman. Um, it's uh, it's plus 385. I think odds are pretty good. You're going to have at least two SEC players um, get an invite. And I kind of like Jake Fromm, right? Because if someone gets it from Alabama and we're high on on uh, Georgia, you know, why not Jake Fromm, Georgia quarterback? You know, I think basically, you know, you're, you know, obviously if there's an injury, there's an injury. But if he if he plays and he's shown propensity to be a pretty tough player, I mean, um, you know, I like Jake Fromm. That's kind of one of my longer shot bets that I have. You, they're all. He's also fifteen to one to win the Heisman. Um, if you're into that, but I. I do, uh, I do kind of like him just to get an invite, and it's almost four to one odds. So um, that is one of the SEC bets that I bet today. Yeah, it's funny. I missed, I missed this when we talked about this. I put a tiny little bit on Jake Bentley to win the Heisman mm-hmm. at one hundred and twenty-five to one, just because I, uh, I got caught up in that South Carolina hype, I guess, and it, it just excited me that day. So. I don't have much on it, but I just want it noted and put on the record. I have a Jake Bentley, <laughs> South Carolina future. Otherwise, I'm really high on uh, – it's not the conference we're talking about, but I'm a big Jonathan Taylor guy. I got him at about 9 or 10 to 1, I think. I just look at the schedule and their game plan and feel like he might have 3,000 yards. Like it just yeah. – it's it's going to be all day with that guy, and he's just going to – he's just going to – Eat behind that line. That line could start for the, you know, if he, if that line went down to Houston, it would be an upgrade for the Texans. So <laughs> I'm really big on that. And then uh, maybe a little Trevor Lawrence was uh, the other one I was. I I think I put money on it, even though I think he might lose the uh, quarterback battle in the long run here. Yeah, but, it's, uh, tough. it's tough when you have those quarterback battles, like even in Alabama, like you know. Like, Tua's kind of got sharing margin with Jalen Hurts, right? So it's weird when you have a situation like that. When you're looking for something in the future, you feel like there's a chance that maybe you get screwed because they decide to make a change, you know, for positional. I don't know. It's it's kind of tough. And that's where I took Trevor Lawrence at 30-1 to 1 just because I, I thought that probably would be some value. If he didn't get the starting spot, they will have a season that ends with them winning – the conference and getting into the college football playoffs. So I figure a quarterback on a team in the college football playoff at 30 to one felt good. And now I just, I just got to hope he wins the starting job overall. Yep. Totally agree. It's an interesting market with uh, a couple Kelly of running Bryant backs at the hurt. top. <laughs> and that could very well happen. No, too. Uh, they, you know, you know, they're running, running quarterbacks can get hurt all the time. That's a, uh, that's a definite thing. So I, I do like just back to the original point, finding a team you think will be doing well 
possibly getting into the college football playoff. Maybe the number isn't real big. Find a Heisman, find a Heisman future, like you're saying. Jake Fromm, 14, 15 to 1 to win it, or 3 to 1 to be on this stage. Those are good numbers for a team that probably will be facing off with Bama for a chance to make it into that final four, if not getting Ooh. in anyway. So if if the, yeah, if the Pac twelve doesn't have a like an undefeated champion and the Big Twelve cannibalizes itself, like you say, you might end up with two SEC teams again. It could be just Clemson Big Ten champion plus two SEC teams again. So perfect. Well, that's the SEC folks. Um did you have any any hot takes besides, you know, maybe we talked about Florida winning the their division. I don't think there's anything groundbreaking on this as far as Alabama's really good. Georgia's going to be right there, and the, the long shots are going to be kind of few and far between. We hit on a bunch of team totals, but I think the, the biggest number that we talked about was that possibly Florida winning the SEC East at about 5-1, to one, which is mm-hmm. kind of going to come down to that neutral set against Georgia. I like that look. And uh, with that, thanks a lot, Jay. We'll uh, – Thanks for listening, everybody. And again, if you have anything, where can people find you on Twitter real quick? I don't think I mentioned that in the Big 12 one. Yeah, man. It's, it's at Jay Creer. It's J-A-Y-K-R-I-E-R. Um, you know, again, I'm uh, hoping we can kind of keep uh, some podcasts going through the college football season and uh, would love for you guys to be a part of that. And um, But yeah, you know, anyone can ever reach out to me. Uh, my DMs are open. Doesn't mean I'll slide in at the same time, but... Um, you know, if you've got questions on a game, if you're um, looking from a betting angle, you know, wanting to know some perspective, you know, feel free to reach out to me um, as always. So, Perfect. All right. Thanks. And yeah, thanks for listening. And we will have more of these to come because this is not uh, this is not it for the conferences. I think this will be number four. And hopefully we really seize an order. Otherwise, that's going to sound stupid now in hindsight. So with that, have a good night. And we'll... <laughs> See you next time. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye.